0: Hi and welcome to Think Healthy with Hayley. This is a podcast for women who are interested in health, fitness, weight loss and mindset. So if you want to feel more in control, enjoy food, stop dieting and just feel happier and healthier and getting to where you want to be, then this is the podcast for you. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into the episode. So this episode is a lot to do with emotional eating and how we can help ourselves feel better without eating food. Something that can really help with this is understanding a bit more about how our bodies react in certain situations and something called a window of tolerance. So basically I'm going to explain what the window of tolerance is and why it's so helpful to know about this to overcome stress and emotional eating and to help reach your goals and also how we can get into that window if we are finding ourselves out of the window of tolerance so basically the window of tolerance is when your brain and your body are in an optimal state and essentially you feel like you can tolerate or even feel good about your current experience of life So it's that nice, calm, middle zone where you feel pretty good, like you feel you're not too stressed, you're not overwhelmed, you're not that tired. And so your brain is able to access that calm, logical, rational part of the brain that enables you to make decisions that are aligned with your goals. And you feel good, you've got clarity, and you feel like you can take appropriate good actions. And when we're in this window, our nervous system or basically like our deep inner emotional brain, the oldest part of our brain called the amygdala, which is something that kind of drives all our emotional decisions, that part of our brain or that part of our nervous system, it feels safe. So we intrinsically feel safe when we're in the window of tolerance. So various things can put us above or below this window. And if we're above or below it, our nervous system basically feels unsafe in some way. And that can lead us to making choices that we later wish we hadn't done because our brain and our inner working system is just trying to get us back into a place where it feels calm and it feels safe. So when you're above this window of tolerance, basically you go into something called hyper arousal. And this can happen for various reasons. Like for a lot of the clients I work with, the common experience of this is when it feels like there's so much to do. You're rushing around, you're feeling pretty frazzled, feeling under pressure, be quite stressed. You can end up feeling anxious in this situation as well and just that you can't calm down easily. And there can be a number of triggers for that, but that feeling of just there's so much to do is a really common one. And you can end up reacting or overreacting with emotions like anger and frustration when you're above your window of tolerance. You might snap easily at people you love or even people you don't love And your thinking can feel quite unclear as well. It's like there's so much going on in your brain. You've got this energy, but you can't really think clearly about what to do with it. There's just too many things to think about. One of the things that we might do in this situation is eat to calm ourselves down. Food or alcohol as well can feel like it's a way of just getting some relief and comfort. Helps you calm down. It could be like a way of just zoning out. So we use food for that to help us feel calmer in that situation. On the other side, when you're below the window of tolerance, you go into something called hypo arousal. And that's where you can feel kind of depressed, like quite lethargic. You can almost feel numb sometimes, really unmotivated. You might withdraw a bit, depending on your your personality as well. You might feel like you're just shutting down. So you feel really unmotivated generally in this window to below this window to exercise or to eat well you might end up thinking like why bother like I'm not going to get to that goal anyway and your brain kind of talks you out of doing those positive actions that you kind of know are good for you but it's just really hard to make that jump to doing it you might also feel like there's too much going on and that can create that feeling of overwhelm but feeling drained feeling exhausted by the day and by the pressures of life and in this situation, again, we can use food and this helps us feel better in a different way by providing some energy and still can also be providing comfort. It helps us kind of feel like we're having a hug, it gives us that sense of nurturing and that can be something we use to try and help ourselves feel better in that situation. So in both scenarios, whether we're above or below the window of tolerance, we can end up using food and or alcohol to bring us back into that window where we then feel calm and safe. So what we really need is awareness of this and some strategies that can help us get back into that window without needing emotionally needing to emotionally eat or drink to get there. So when you're above that window, when you're stressed, anxious, frustrated, finding it difficult to calm down, Basically, you can benefit from a few key things that we'll talk about. And narrowing this down, you can benefit from mindfulness techniques, which I'll talk about, grounding techniques to help kind of calm things down, and breathwork, which will help you get present and, again, just calm the system down. When you're below that window of tolerance, so you're feeling depressed, lethargic, numb, unmotivated, then you can benefit from key strategies, including, again, mindfulness techniques, breath work and movement. So these will help you to, to get present with the mindfulness techniques and the breath work. And also with with the breathing and with the, the movement, any form of exercise, you're then improving oxygen, blood flow and stimulating release of hormones that can then make you feel good in a, a really helpful way. So I'm gonna talk about some specific tools and techniques that you can use to help bring yourself into that window of tolerance or just to stay in it if you're there already. And these tips are inspired by a few different places where I've been studying recently. One of them that I want to mention is Nicola Hobbs, one of her rest workshops. So Nicola is brilliant to follow on Instagram. She's called, or she's got the title, I think, The Relaxed Woman, but her Instagram handle is Nicola Jane Hobbs. And her posts are great to read. And a lot of these tips are inspired by one of her workshops that I've gone through and yeah I'd recommend definitely checking her out. And there's also another good podcast that I would recommend listening to called Binge Breakthrough with Jane Pilger. P-I-L-G-E-R. And if you struggle with binge eating or even if you wouldn't say it's binge eating but you struggle with comfort eating, emotional eating that podcast is brilliant it's quite a new one but there's already some really good episodes on there that explain more about how our bodies and brain works when we are dealing with binge eating or emotional eating and it'll help you understand things better and have some really useful strategies to put into action so I will link to that in the show notes as well. So the first big tip which isn't actually from any of any things I've studied this is my own one but Going deeper into using exercise as a tool. And I say it's my own one. Obviously, I didn't invent exercise being a tool as something that I would recommend as a new no one else, but exercise is a brilliant tool. Whether you're above or below the window of tolerance. So if you are hyper aroused, you're feeling pretty stressed, pretty frazzled, got a lot of energy, but not got the, the kind of clarity to do good things or to get yourself back into feeling calm, something you could do to help with that would be something active, like going for a run or anything else where you're just moving with like some kind of cardio. It could be doing a workout in the gym, like going to lift some weights or do a home workout. It could be boxing, like a boxing class, boxer size, box fit. Anything where obviously punching is a really good stress buster. And if it can be not a person, then that's really helpful. And dance classes as well, like having fun, burning off some energy. It could be going for a walk or it could be doing some yoga or something like that too if you wanted to kind of bring yourself back to calm in a calmer way but any form of movement can really help with that and when we're hyper aroused we we often go into fight or flight mode where basically our bodies are primed to to fight the stressor that we are experiencing or to to go into flight and basically run away from it and that goes all the way back to when we were roaming the plains of africa and we if we were stressed, it was a real genuine physical threat to our survival. It was something like a saber-toothed tiger or something. So we either had to fight it or, or run away from it. Nowadays, we're often stressed through things that we can't fight or run away from, but doing doing some form of exercise in this situation will really, really help because in fight or flight, our bodies are releasing the hormone cortisol to help us to, to do one of those two things, either fight or run away. So that, is pumping through our body and if we can then do something active we're then putting that cortisol to really good use so we're essentially burning it off fighting or f- or flighting through some physical activity and that means the body can then process those stress hormones rather than them just coursing around and around your body with nowhere to go you process them by being active and then you get the benefits of being active as well and all the, the good feelings you get from that and the health benefits of that activity too If, on the other hand, you're hypo-aroused, you're below that window of tolerance and you're feeling depressed and lethargic and unmotivated, something that could help could be going for a walk, going out into nature, doing a little bit of yoga, again, connecting with your body, stretching, using that as a bit of a gateway to just some form of movement that feels doable. And it could also be just starting on any other form of activity, so, when we feel unmotivated, like we don't generally want to go and do a big run or a workout, but sometimes saying to yourself, "What if I just go and do the warm up? Do a warm up for a workout? Go go into the gym, do the first five minutes, or at home, just just do my little my warm up routine, or do one round of the the exercises that I'm planning to do, and then you can stop if you don't want to do any more. And you might say, "What if I just do five minutes of of walking, and that's it? I don't have to do any more than that." Sometimes just making that barrier really lower and more doable can help you get started. And then when you get started, you obviously tend to feel better and you can keep going. And booking yourself into a class is something that can help as well. If you know you've got a commitment to somebody else or booked to do something with a friend, then that can help you just to take that first step to fulfil that commitment you've made. And then, then you start to get the benefits of that movement again as well. So another key tool that can help is really practicing tuning into your body in any moment that you're in, and just noticing any tension or any tightness that you feel. So basically doing a quick body scan and just seeing like, do I feel any tension in my head, my neck, my shoulders, my chest, my stomach, my back, my hips, my legs, all the way down. And if you notice any tension, just seeing if you can really just calmly focus on that and release that tension. And that can be helped by slowing your breathing down, taking a nice deep breath in through your nose, holding it for a second, and then really slow, nice, calm, deep breaths, either through your nose or your mouth, whatever you prefer. And essentially, you're just getting out of your head and into your body when you do that. Same as with exercise. Often we're caught up in our heads, and if we can do something that gets us focusing on the body, that can really help us to then change the state that we're in. And kind of following along with this is technique called grounding which can be as simple as just feeling your feet on the ground you might have experienced this in any kind of yoga or meditation class or anything like that where they get you to have your feet flat on the ground and practice bringing your awareness to the soles of your feet and sometimes you can do things like visualizing tree roots like growing down into the earth and it can really help you feel grounded and and calmer And when I've done that myself in a a meditation situation with a a coach that I was working with, it does really help. It does feel calming and it changes how you're thinking and feeling when you're suddenly then focusing on feeling your feet on the ground and just that visualization of tree roots growing into the earth. It can be quite self-soothing. And other things that are self-soothing could be things like giving yourself a hug or just giving yourself like a little squeeze on the arm Anything that you think you would do to a friend or to someone you care about, if you're giving them just that reassuring bit of touch, a hug, squeeze on the arm, pat on the shoulders, anything like that, it's amazing the difference that that can make even when you're doing it to yourself. Another thing that can help is really slowing things down and doing one thing at a time. Often we're trying to do so many things in a day that we can end up just rushing around, multitasking, feeling stressed, feeling frazzled. And that often leads to either eating at some point during the day, just as a way of zoning out and getting a bit of mental relief, or you get to the end of the day and you're so exhausted that you've got no willpower left to do anything other than go straight to the cupboards or raid the snack box in the evening. So slowing things down at any point in the day, if you realize that you're rushing or you're multitasking bringing it back to just doing one thing at a time, choosing one thing to focus on, one doable task that you can do that that day, that moment, and then really celebrate getting that done as well, like really mentally reward yourself for every little bit of progress that you make. So when you're multitasking, when you're, you're rushing around, you're basically telling your nervous system, this moment isn't safe, Like you've got to get through it as quickly as possible and get all this stuff done, otherwise, something bad's going to happen and because your brain isn't designed to multitask or keep switching tasks you end up feeling more stressed and having less time available because you get less done you don't do things as well as you could do you feel frazzled feel all over the place you can end up like forgetting stuff and not doing the important things in that day and all of that just creates more stress it also taxes your working memory so you're you are likely to forget other things that matter a lot as well but when you do one thing at a time you're letting your nervous system know that the present moment is safe and so it can switch off that stress response and if you focus on the most important tasks that day that's really helpful and that kind of brings back to being like planning being such a key thing to do if you've planned that day and you know that you've got a few key things that you need to get done that day and everything else like there might be many other things you could do but there's a few key tasks that will kind of move the needle for you a little bit those are the ones to prioritize and get those done and then remember it's impossible to do everything else that we all have listed in a day so if you do the one to three key things and you do them well that can make way more difference to to whatever you're working on than trying to do all the things so do those key things well and then really mentally celebrate that too so your brain gets that little hit of dopamine and it knows that you have, you've done well that day, and it's okay to not do everything. Another thing, kind of following on from what I was just saying about planning, and what I say in a lot of episodes, you may have heard me talk about this, is planning your food so that you have it there when you need it. And this can help really reduce stress, and it can help you to have the nutrition that your body needs as the day goes on. So you're less likely to experience cravings and dips in blood sugar levels and energy. And you're more likely to have that resilience and remain in your window of tolerance because you're not hungry, you've got good nutrition, and so you're in a better place to take on the day. For most people that plan would be great to have three meals in that day and two to three snacks and everything kind of spread out over the day. Start eating whenever you get hungry or whenever it's kind of practical to eat. If you don't get hungry first thing, it could could make sense to wait a bit later in the day as long as you then get the chance to eat when you are hungry. If you kind of have a big chunk of time where you can't eat, then it might make sense to just eat at the beginning of the day. But that's not what this point is about anyway. Having three meals planned, and you can adapt that, but generally three meals is helpful and gives you the opportunity to get enough protein into your day as well. So I'll go with that if you're unsure. And making those meals quick and simple, doable, doable choices that you can make in the moment. And I've got plenty of episodes talking more about what food choices to make, but protein is the kind of the star of each meal, will help a lot to help, help you keep full and help you maintain muscle and all the benefits that that brings. But protein in each meal, some fruits and vegetables in that day, Half a plate of veg at dinner always works well when possible and then for snacks obviously you can have anything but fruit and protein are some really good default snack choices so with protein that could be things like boiled eggs it could be slices of cooked meat it could be baby bell cheeses it could be a protein shake it could be a high protein yogurt and having some of those things just available and ready for a snack could be super helpful and then with fruit, sometimes with fruit, I find people, and I do this too, like kind of forget like how many fruits there are and how lovely they can be, and sometimes at different times of the year they taste different and better. For example, at the moment we found that mangoes are just really like really delicious, and at other times of the year they're not as good where we get them from, and so mango is suddenly something that my thankfully my partner chops up and puts in a box in the fridge, and so we just go to that and take chunk of mango or a few chunks of mango and it's delicious but there's so many different fruits that it's easy to kind of forget about so people sometimes feel like fruit is boring or they have the same things but i mean you could go for apples or pears mango different berries watermelon can make a great snack really really light in terms of calories but quite satisfying good for hydration as well you've got things like pineapple satsumas and clementines peaches and tinned peaches is is a good snack option so anything any tinned fruit is fine especially if it's in juice rather than syrup so you haven't got all the sugar added but tinned fruit frozen fruit all that stuff is still great to have if you're snacking you might want fresh or tinned rather than frozen but it's all good it's all good to have as an option cherries grapes bananas like anything is great and don't worry about the sugar in fruit or anything else you might have been told like if it's a natural fruit it's great to eat full of nutrition good fiber vitamins minerals antioxidants always a brilliant snack and when you go to eat that food that you've planned preferably we want to make sure you're you're present and mindful when you have it so every time you eat a meal or snack it's a great opportunity to just practice sitting down feeling calm feeling present when you eat that food to really enjoy it And that can also help you to just regulate that nervous system to that next level and bring it back into the window of tolerance. Another thing that can really help is to notice your thoughts and become just really aware of the the conversation that's going on in your head. Because we all have tens of thousands of thoughts every day. And often we're just not really aware of a lot of what we're thinking. But a lot of what we're thinking can contribute to how we're feeling. So noticing your thoughts and noticing which ones make you feel stressed, anxious, or down? And that awareness, it can just help you to, to let unhelpful thoughts pass or let them be there, but you can choose to focus on more helpful ones. So an example of this could be the thought, like I haven't got time. I know that thought is a, a common one for a lot of people, and it's a thought I often have myself when I'm trying to get a lot of things done. And the thought, I haven't got time, Comforting just immediately creates a feeling of stress and anxiety, whereas if you were to switch that thought for something like, let's just focus on this one next task, you're moving from the problem of perceiving that you haven't got enough time to a solution of like, okay, the thing we need to do is focus on this next one task. That's all we can ever do. And that just that switching focus can help you then feel calm and more focused on something that's going to help you. You could also think something like, you're doing a great job, Like reminding yourself of even there's lots of things you're trying to get done, you're doing your best and you're doing a good job of it. And that can then create feelings of maybe a bit of pride, a bit of satisfaction. And that that obviously helps a lot too. So noticing thoughts and choosing ones that help you, like they, unhelpful thoughts will still come up, they'll still be there at times, but you can choose what you focus on and that can make a big difference. Something else that can help is to look for little things that make you feel good. All the little things that we can often miss when we're kind of busy and rushing around on the average day. So these could be things like at the moment, for example, it's towards the end of February in the UK. So spring is like a kind of just starting. So noticing the spring flowers, like where there's daffodils popping up or there's snowdrops or crocuses, like those are things that can make you feel great noticing a patch of blue sky because in the UK sometimes it's just a patch and not even that but when a patch of blue sky appears like that can make you feel great to notice that and obviously if you have a lovely sunny day really noticing that too. It could be just a tidy spot in the house if you notice you cleared up one corner or one drawer or just something looks good noticing that. Photos of loved ones as well that can always be helpful to have them kind of on your desk on your laptop on your phone screensaver. so you can always look at something that just makes you smile makes your heart just that bit warmer straight away it could be something like doing an extra repetition in the gym it could be like a little thing that you did one more rep but that can feel great like knowing that you're getting stronger that can give you that sense of pride and get you focusing on something that was good in that day it could be your favorite shower gel Having a shower with, with that lovely, delicious smell that you get when you use it. It could be leaves on a tree. And it could be something like, for me, a bird, watching a bird having a bath, I always makes me smile. They're so cute, where they flutter their wings and the water's going all over them and everywhere else. So, little things like that, these are moments that we can easily miss when we are just busy and we're feeling stressed, or we're feeling out of the window of tolerance. But training yourself to look for those things can help you get back into that window. Another thing that can help is wearing comfortable clothes. So clothes that are feeling, clothes that feel maybe loose or just kind of, they fit really well, they fit really comfortably. Clothes that are soft they feel good on your skin and they, you feel like they just, they fit you well, whether they're kind of comfortable and loose or whether they're just fitting your body, but they fit you rather than feeling tight or rather than feeling huge, that like they just feel good clothes that are tight or uncomfortable or things like high heels or itchy fabrics, all of those things can create a bit of sensory stress and that can contribute to just our general feelings of stress. And it's amazing the difference it can make if you've got clothing that is like feels soothing and calming, comfortable, you feel good in it. Whether it's again, like relaxing clothes or whether it's just wearing clothes that fit your body at the moment, that's important as well. If you know that you're working on weight loss, and maybe the clothes you have right now, they're not the size that you ultimately want to be. Sometimes that can mean you're wearing clothes that are either either baggy and not very, they don't make you feel great when you're wearing them. Or there's kind of clothes that are just, they almost sit, but they don't quite yet. So they're just a bit tight and uncomfortable. If you've got clothes that make you feel good in the body you've got right now, it's also a way of showing yourself like you deserve to feel good as you are at any point in your weight loss journey you are worthy of wearing clothes that make you feel good and of just feeling good as the person you are. So that can also help. But having having clothes that feel good, it can just help you then feel feel calm, feel comfortable. It could be like you're just, you're just getting a bit of a hug from your clothes. It feels good, helps you relax and you can feel safer in that kind of clothing. You can feel comforted as well. It's an amazing difference that that can make. Something else that can help is getting in tune with your breath. This is always a useful tool because you can, you can implement it in any situation, like whether you're driving or in a meeting or anywhere, you can just focus on your breathing. And slowing that breathing down and breathing in deep through your nose and letting your belly expand it can really help you just feel relaxed, calm things down. And then breathing out slowly, often like for a count of four can work well, but... There's all sorts of different breathing techniques. You can do box breathing and all sorts of stuff. Really, it's just finding like what works for you, what helps you slow things down and just bring your nervous system back into feeling calmer. And that can help your body feel relaxed as well. And you can feel the tension leave as you're breathing out. If you imagine, like, visualise that stress and that tension being breathed, is that the word? breathed out of your body, released from your body as you breathe out another really useful strategy is taking a day off of social media committing to just no scrolling for that day so it could be completely no social media or it could just be i'm just not going to scroll like it kind of could be the same thing but just moving away from social media and all the the kind of sensory overload that, that can that can give us that can really help and you could do that on any day you could choose to have a particular day a week where you don't go on it or well, you could just pick a day when you think, Do you know, what I've just, I just had enough of that for today. I want to have the day off, and that could be could be helped by just moving social media apps into a folder on your phone, so they're less easy to just grab and press on that area where you know it's going to be. You could just choose not to use them that day. You can hide them. And if you notice that you're doing it as well, then you can immediately kind of go to one of these other techniques that are in this episode or anything else that you think of. So you might kind of accidentally still find yourself on it, but just bring yourself off it as quick as you can. And that just getting away from all the noise on social media can obviously really help. You can avoid the coming across stuff that just makes you feel stressed in another way. And you can focus on doing other things. You can focus on finding little moments of joy, things that make you feel happy or anything else that we've mentioned in here or that's still to come. Another thing that helps is finding things in your day to savor. So this kind of goes with the point earlier about finding little things that make you feel good. But also just savoring moments in the day in general. And this could be savoring moments or it could be like savoring food or it could be both. So this gets you basically being really present. So you might notice a lovely view that you're experiencing wherever you are. It might be like when you're driving to work, you notice the trees and the flowers, like how things are changing with the seasons and you might savour that and really notice it, really take it in. You might notice like your kids are, are interacting with each other and it's just, it's lovely to see that like they're actually getting on, they're doing something cute or they're playing with each other or whatever. Noticing things like that where you're, you're just watching a family interaction and, and savouring that. It could be the warmth of a shower. It could be the smell of your coffee. Sometimes I find at this, well, any time of year really, like the light from the sun, like savoring the lovely colors that come from the sun at different times of day, like the angles of the sun in the morning. And then as it goes down, savoring the sunset, anything like that where it just makes you appreciate like the wonders of the world that we live in. And also savoring the taste of food. So. Anytime you eat, this goes back to the earlier point of just sitting down, being really present with the food that you've got, savoring the taste of each bite that you have, like really noticing how does this food taste? What sensations am I getting from it? Is it delicious? And I'm like really lighting up my taste buds. And if it is, like really enjoying that. And if you notice actually this isn't amazing, then that gives you an opportunity to to leave that food for later, or have something better, or wait till you're hungry. Savouring food when it's delicious, such a lovely experience to have. So doing that can also help to regulate that nervous system. Really classic tip that can help is meditation and or soothing music. And it's mentioned so many times, but it's mentioned so many times because it does really help. There's so many studies that show the benefits of any form of meditation or listening to karma music. And also, journaling can be brought into this too like journaling is often mentioned as a a way of feeling better relieving stress i've talked about it in other episodes and that can definitely be something that is worth doing as well i think in the last episode i mentioned it so it's worth listening to that when we to hear me talk about it a little bit more i should do a full episode on it at some point um but meditation and soothing music using apps can be helpful for this so Some of the most well-known apps for meditation are Calm and Headspace. And those two, I think you can do free trials on them and then they are paid apps, but there's so much on them that they can be well worth the investment and they're not lots of money. And then there's two apps called Buddhify and Insight Timer. I think both of those might be free. And last time I used them, they were both very good as well. And they have different guided meditations, different length meditations, different topics. All sorts of good stuff so they're worth checking out and then you could find soothing playlists on Spotify or YouTube all sorts of playlists have been created for that and there's they're worth listening to and then maybe pick out ones that you really like and just create your own playlist based on that another tool that can help is setting an intention for the day so this is something that will just ground you and guide you as the day goes on And examples of intentions you could set could be, today I will treat myself with kindness and compassion. Today, if I feel stressed, I will remind myself that I'm doing my best and I don't have to get everything done. Today, I will listen to what my brain and body are telling me. I will rest when I'm tired and eat when I'm hungry. Today I will pause before I pick up my phone and ask myself whether I really need to check my emails or scroll through social media. Today if someone annoys me, I will breathe, smile and let it go. Today I will notice and savour each bite of the food that I eat. Today I will focus on feelings of calm and gratitude. And today I will look for opportunities to be kind and make someone smile. And that could mean like letting people go in traffic, holding doors open, like saying hello to someone, smiling at someone on the train, starting a brief conversation with someone on the checkout, etc. It could just prompt that kind of thing, which has some then nice follow on interactions. And we just get that sense of connection with people. So any of those examples, like picking one or picking your own version of that and just setting one intention for the day that you kind of repeat and see if you can implement that as the day goes on. You could also try something called creating an affirmation. so you've probably heard of affirmations which are statements like i am beautiful or i am worthy or i am something basically i am and then something positive you tag on to the end of that to help you basically believe that positive thing so affirmations can be great and but a lot of people do find that they're difficult to really connect with and really believe like if you're saying I am, and it's something you want to be, but you don't feel you are yet. You can almost kind of feel like you're lying to yourself a little bit at times. And for some people, it really works. And for others, it's not quite as effective. So an affirmation is worth trying out. And that is basically, instead of saying, I am, we say, what if? So this can be helpful if you struggle with affirmations. And we're then asking, what if? I'll give you some examples of this so what if I deserve happiness what if I am good enough what if I don't need anyone else's approval what if I am lovable what if my best is enough what if I am capable of reaching my goals as long as I keep going And basically asking what if it's asking a question and whenever we ask a question of our brain our brain will kind of get to work on thinking about the answer. So this is why it's really helpful to ask useful questions because often we can ask things like, why am I so useless? Why can I never get this? Why am I always messing up? And that leads our brain to come up with answers as to why you are useless and can't get this and always mess up and that doesn't help. But if you're asking helpful questions like, what if I do deserve to be happy? What if I am good enough? What if I don't need someone else's approval? What if I am lovable? What if my best is enough? And what if I'm capable of reaching my goals as long as I just keep going? Then it just opens the brain up to saying, okay, what if that is actually true? What what would that be like? And then it can help you just feel in a better place versus focusing on other things that don't help. Try asking those questions or a version of that that you come up with, just a what if question, but something that prompts you to think, yeah, what if, what if that was true? That would be great. And then see if that has a positive impact. And finally, one more tip, dancing in the house. So this would be just putting on some upbeat music and having a sing and dance in the privacy of your own home. And that could be kitchen, bedroom, anywhere in the house. You could sing while you're cleaning. You could bop around in in the kitchen while you're cooking dinner. And just putting on songs that you maybe, that you used to really love or you still love now, and that make you feel really good and the benefit of this one is I'm sure you can kind of guess it just makes you feel happy it makes you feel good brings your energy into a completely different state so it can work in either either situation whether you're above or below that window of tolerance if you're above it and you're stressed out it's a way of kind of redirecting that energy into something that just lightens the mood and makes you feel happy and like you're having some fun and if you're below the window of tolerance and you're depressed lethargic feeling anxious feeling just feeling down and demotivated then that music can just bring back memories and it can change your state and it can completely change how you feel and get you back up into that window so that i know and a few clients have have tried this one out and they find it really helpful to do so that's the last one of these tips so i really hope you find these these tips and tools helpful if you find yourself emotional eating or Or you're just feeling some kind of negative emotions it can be really useful to think about where you might be with your window of tolerance with that awareness of what the window of tolerance is do you think you're maybe a bit above it and you're hyper aroused and you're stressed and you've got energy but you can't calm yourself down or do you think you're below it where it's just very lethargic and low motivation low mood and what strategies might help to bring you back into that window? Going back through this episode and taking out just one or two tips that you might want to try next time you feel the need, or just put into practice anyway, that could be really, really beneficial. And of course, like talking to somebody always helps. So if you are struggling mentally, struggling with mood, struggling with stress and anxiety, having someone to talk to you will always, always be a good thing to do. But with these tips and tools, they're all about really having the awareness of what state you're currently in and then slowing things down, getting back in tune with your body, being really present and then trying one thing that just makes you feel better in some way and building these tips and tools so you can you can have them there when you need them, you can test them out and you can have that awareness of when I am feeling like I'm about to emotionally eat Let's check in first and see like, where am I feeling at the moment? Like, What other strategies might be helpful? You can also sometimes notice when you are out of that window, but maybe before the point where you would be triggered to emotionally eat or even to binge eat, like sometimes we slip out of the window of tolerance and there's a bit of a way to go before we're triggered to, to eat food. But when you then become aware of this, you can start to notice, hey, actually, I am feeling a little bit too stressed at the moment or i am feeling overwhelmed and just a bit tired and lethargic and demotivated and before you get further into that outside of the window situation if you recognize it that bit sooner you can implement these strategies that bit quicker and you can save yourself from the triggers and the urges that can then sometimes result if you slip further away from that window So the awareness is super helpful and practising these strategies, finding things that work for you can be a game changer. So see if there's even just one thing you can take from this episode. And if there are any questions, feel free to get in touch. My email is hayley at hayleyplummer.co.uk. I'll put the links to my Facebook and Instagram in the show notes. And I'll put the link to Jane Pilger's binge breakthrough podcast in the show notes as well because I really recommend checking that out if you struggle at all with binge eating or emotional eating thank you for listening and speak to you again soon thank you so much for listening to the podcast today I hope you enjoyed it if you have any questions if I can help you in any way please feel free to get in contact with me via my website hayleyplumber.co.uk Or come find me on Facebook or Instagram and I would love to connect with you. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll speak to you soon.